Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Christopher Drobot. Christopher is a passionate cheerleader for the potential of the Edmonton region. Although not directly an entrepreneur himself, his extensive experience in business operations and now mortgage lending help focus his excitement on the ideas that can see the city grow. He is involved in the push to bring a world-class aquarium to the city and is completing his MBA and, together with his wife, homeschools his two children. The parallels between entrepreneurialism and homeschooling have been many and he sees an overarching lesson in both. You have to create the world you wish to see. In this episode, Christopher Drobot has a chat with Ruth and Weeks. Take it away, Christopher. Hello and welcome back to Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast supported by Rainforest Alberta. I'm your host today, Christopher Drobot, and today our guest is Ruthann Weeks. Ruthann is the founder of Harmony in the Workplace Limited. She's a tireless, forward-thinking crusader whose efforts have helped to bring the importance of an abuse-free work environment to the forefront of public awareness. She is also a gifted corporate keynote speaker who delivers a powerful message about today's workplace challenges to senior executives and decision makers. Starting off as a certified information and referral specialist in the human service sector, Ruthann went on to graduate as a human resource manager. She also obtained her CMHA certification as a psychological health and safety advisor. Uh, she first established her social enterprise to foster safety in the workplace by addressing violence and harassment through practical education and risk mitigating strategies. And uh, Ruthann wanted me to mention as well, and she, in keeping with her desire to build corporate social responsibility in her business model and furtherance of her grand vision to help create safe spaces for those fleeing abuse, Ruthann donates a portion of all revenues to domestic violence prevention initiatives. So welcome, Ruthann. Thank you, Christopher. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, you know, uh, you and I have uh, seen each other quite a few times at uh, the Rainforest events over the months. And, uh, you know, obviously it's been a little bit different in the last little while, but nonetheless, it's great to have you on the show today. Uh, so let's let's start off. Like, tell us a bit about your story and background. Like you, you know, the bios never do it justice. So like, I think there's a lot to expand on there. No, and it's really interesting because uh, like I certainly didn't write my own bio. You know, I hire people for that because they sort of they're more uh, objective, I guess, maybe than than I would be. So I started my business in 2015 after finding myself unexpectedly unemployed. I got bullied out of my last uh, position. And yeah, I was pretty devastated, even though it was not a good culture. Um, it wasn't a good fit. I actually was experiencing a lot of anxiety and disease in that environment and actually ended up physically ill because of it. But I wasn't a quitter and I this was my shiny new opportunity. So when I found myself let go, found out later that it was the covert form of bullying. I was disparaged and my character was attacked behind closed doors by a peer director. And 
Yeah, I was devastated, but part of me was relieved because I knew it was a bad fit. I knew that uh, my hand was forced now to make a change in my life. So I founded my business and I spent that long Canadian winter, the first, uh, the first winter just after finding myself in this position, practicing rudimentary self-care, bubble baths, chocolate, too much comfort food, binge watching. I think I watched Downton Abbey on Netflix in like a week. Um, yeah. That's so, such a great show. Isn't it? <laughs> That's such a great show. Yeah, but probably drowning your sorrows in Downton Abbey is not necessarily healthy, but for me, it, it got me through. And then, you know, I spent some time licking my wounds and then got really busy with the business of learning. So I educated myself on issues related to workplace abuse, bullying, sexual harassment, um, got my psychological health and safety advisor training. And, you know, since then that was, I founded my business in January of 2016 and it's become more and more prevalent in society. And what, uh, what I loved about the rainforest and what drew me to the rainforest was the whole concept of innovation. And in the work that I do, I target in on corporate social innovation, right? Yeah. It's breaking down those uh, barriers, challenging the status quo and really trying to support employers and employees that are experiencing abuse, but mostly the employers who recognize that, you know, they need to pay attention to this stuff. It's becoming top of mind. You know, the legal framework supports it. They have to have their ducks in a row with their due diligence uh, around prevention of violence and harassment in the workplace. So I'm very passionate about that and preventing people from going through the kind of turmoil and angst that I did. And some of the stories I hear, Chris, they break your heart. Yeah. People are suffering yeah. needlessly. Yeah. What, what I hear in what you've just shared, though, is just the, the ability to take what could have been a, you know, a, a sad story for yourself in your own life. And, you know, you know, just walk through life with a chip on your shoulder. But you took that instead and, and turned it around and said, well, how do I go and create something out of this? How do how do I go and go and maybe share this knowledge now with others to make sure that we can try to solve this problem for, for others for the future. Yeah. Well, when something happens like this to us, we either get bitter or we get better, right? That's a decision that we have to make. And I decided to get better and to try to improve situations for others as well. Right. It was a painful experience, but I wouldn't change it because it's, it's my story. And it gives me an added layer of empathy and understanding for, you know, I'm not just book learning. I've actually experienced some of this stuff. And yeah, it just uh, gives richness, I think, to what I do. Uh, well, that, that's a great perspective on it. So expand on that. So like, what are you doing now? You, before we got on to recording, you and I had had a little bit of a chat about that. So I think, I think uh, what you're doing today is probably different than you were doing a few months ago. Would that be fair? Yeah, this whole COVID disruption, let's call it the great global reset, if you will. I think it's, um, I, I was sharing with you before we went live here that uh, I got my sort of mental disappointment out of the way fairly early, the end of February, you know, some of my contracts were canceled or postponed and you know, all my speaking engagements were canceled or postponed. And, and, you know, I was planning, I'm planning a psychological health and safety symposium that was supposed to be May 28th, that is now going to be in September, hopefully, if we can re be together by then. But it's that whole pivot, right? So I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. So 
you know, I just really got focused on that. Actually, I got to, I got to back up because this might be helpful for someone. It, it really was a game changer for me. I know that where the mind goes, the energy flows, keep your thing, keep your thoughts positive, future focused, get clear on your vision where you want to go. And, and that was all disrupted for me. And I kept trying to stuff my disappointment down because I didn't want to focus on it. But my mindset coach actually gave me a really useful tool that I want to share. She said, make an appointment with your disappointment. Schedule it, put it in your calendar, 15 minutes, no more than 15 minutes. Journal your feelings, journal your disappointment, journal your angst, cry, yell, scream, whatever you need to do for that 15 minutes, and then get on with the business of life. And you know what? It worked because instead of trying to stuff all those feelings down, I got them out. I got them on paper. I worked through all those emotions and then I got forward focused. And so in, in response to COVID-19, I wrote two and have delivered two programs leading through crisis and mental health SOS, building a culture of support. And, you know, I've delivered those a couple of times and delivering to my chamber of commerce here next week, the second one, and just really trying to help people get through this, right? We're all in this together. So yeah, it was, it was building that out and I got really comfortable with technology. That's one thing about the rainforest, you know, there's a lot of really tech savvy people and I'm not one of them. So (laughs) (laughs) for me, it was a bit of a a learning curve. You know, I had to get some Wi-Fi boosters and get myself a really pretty little Yeti blue mic and, and uh, just embrace that technology and get really comfortable with delivering content online. And yeah, it's been really good. And it's actually, although it's been different. And I didn't anticipate it. It's actually extended my reach, right? Because online we can reach people all around the world. Yeah. That, that change of perspective, I think, like from, I don't know, being focused on what has happened to what we can do moving forward. Like you said, you, you just, you got your disappointments, you worked through them and then said, well, what can I do now? And like, uh, that's so important for anybody at any point. Like this is, this is a, like a, a global issue. It's a reset for everybody. But at any point along anybody's entrepreneurial journey, like if you go back 10 years, people still have the same, same sort of stories where they encountered this type of disappointment and made a conscious decision to look ahead. And I think like what, what you've just shared is, is exactly, exactly that. And that's a, that's a good lesson, I think, for anybody who's considering entrepreneurship what inspired you like beyond your personal experience? Like you could have gone in any direction with, with that type of experience. You could have just decided, well, I'm just going to go do some other kind of work. Like what, what specifically inspired you to go into this direction from what you had done before? It's really interesting. If I had asked myself, you know, in my twenties, what I wanted to do for a living, I never would have dreamed that I would be doing this kind of work, although I've always been entrepreneurial, like I've always had that desire to work for myself. So when I founded my business, it was like it was like it was an opportunity. My husband was the breadwinner. I I knew and I still know in my very core, even though the entrepreneurial journey is not easy and anybody who's been on it knows that. I knew in my very core that if I was in a job, that I would be slowly dying on the inside. And quite frankly, I was sick and tired of working for organizations that 
there was either no room to grow or poor leadership. And sometimes there was good leadership, really good people. I've worked with some really good people and for some really good people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have the tools to create a culture of growth and innovation and that psychological safety piece. Like my passion is to help people understand and build environments of psychological safety. And I mean, psychological safety is about creating an environment where it's free and encouraged to take interpersonal risk. It's a level of trust that is above the normal trust we show at work. It's a level of trust where someone is free and encouraged to even question the status quo if need be, where leadership recognizes that if they have a diverse workforce filled with people that are different from them, you know, different demographically, different ethnicities, different genders, different points of view, and then encourage them to share their ideas, their thoughts, their feelings. Let's talk about feelings at work, right? I mean, we are human beings. And I think the lines between having a work life, we used to talk a lot about work-life balance, and now it's just life balance because the lines are blurred between life and work now more than ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? As teams have gone remotely. So enlightened leaders recognize that it's smart business to actually utilize their employees to the full extent and create that culture of support where uh, innovation reigns, near misses and mistakes are reported, which leads to efficiencies. And it's just the, it's the best way to move your business forward Yeah, is to be really strategic about building your team and choose people that have the same core values of you, as you, but are as different from you in other ways as possible. So that's, that's some advice for people that are kind of starting out new, be really strategic in building your teams and give that thought. Yeah. It's uh this, this seems silly probably for, for a moment, but we're, we're, we're just going to talk like a random analogy. So I'm reminded of my, my son, he plays video games all the time and it's, it's like an RPG. And if every single one of the people in that, in, in all the characters all have the same skills and talents, he gets destroyed by the enemies in the game because he has nothing covering the weaknesses. So like you have to have a balance between all the different strengths like like you just said right and and having the same core the values like trying to accomplish the same goals together is what you need at the center but if you have somebody like you mentioned earlier you're not great at tech but there are people around you that are and like people that are great at tech generally have maybe a different outlook on things than somebody who's exceptional at the the human relations side of things right? Uh, or, or somebody who's operationally yeah, exactly. excellent, right? They, they're going to have a different skill set. Right. And you want to pay attention to that. Like you don't want to put an extreme introvert out there making cold calls maybe. Right. Yeah. And you know, you want to, you want to give those jobs to your go-getters, your extroverts that are, are, I mean, that fills them up. And that's the thing when someone's in the, in the right position for them, they feel it in their core. It fills them up. It doesn't drain them. That's a, that's a way to know if you're on the right path or the wrong path. If you feel energized by your work, not to say it's not hard work and you're not tired at the end of the day, that's not what I'm saying. But if you're energized by your work and you're fired up, you're on the right path. If yeah. you're just dreading to go to work, then you know what? You need to pay attention to that. So I tell people to pay attention to their longings and their discontents. 
Their longings will tell them um, the path that they're supposed to take and what they need to do. And their discontents will tell them when to move their feet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really important. We have an internal guidance system. It's just not everybody is attuned to it. So even just opening your mind to that and being open to that and just opening the a corner of your mind to that. If you're a total skeptic, just start asking yourself, what would I love? What would my ideal life look like? And then, you know, it's interesting when you get really clear on your vision, doors start opening towards you and, and um it's it's the law of physics you know it's not a woo woo concept it's physics yeah no and and i i think that uh i don't know that that's, that's kind of leads you towards like the idea of confirmation bias right like if if you tell yourself that you can't accomplish something you will see everything around you that confirms that theory that confirms that line of thinking and then vice versa if you tell yourself that hey i, I can i can accomplish more and then you'll find reasons why that's true around you as well yeah where the mind goes the energy flows right so if you're concentrating on everything that's wrong in your life and everything that you know you you wish you had and and why do they have it and i don't have it and you're bitter then you know you just create more of that you draw more of that to you where if you you know keep positive I, i write gratitude every morning i get up and i write five items that i'm grateful for every morning And sometimes, you know, it's the sunshine and sometimes it's having hot and cold running water. You know, a lot of the world doesn't. We take so much for granted in our lives. And uh, it starts with gratitude. If we can get up and be grateful every day just for getting up every day, then, you know, that really sets the precedent for um, the positive things that will flow into our lives if we just open up to them. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, how would you say that uh, the work that you're doing is impacting the community well it's interesting you know i i I said that work-life balance is really just life balance now so just imagine if you're someone that's in a workplace that is negative and you're defeated there and you're not supported and you're yelled at or you're screamed at or you know even with me you know you're covertly held down or disparaged that doesn't feed your soul it doesn't make you feel good so when you go home are you going to be your best at home or are you going to you know be short with your kids and yell at your kids or you know be depressed and maybe drink too much maybe drug too much maybe just bury yourself in in unhealthy behaviors and habits or are you going to be your best right so what happens at work in our workplaces absolutely affects the rest of our society because you know we are beings that exist in the world right the world of work the world of home the world at the grocery store you know you might get upset at someone who cuts you off in traffic you might you know you you got to choose how you respond to things and just realize i think I think at the end of the day, Chris, we just have to realize that everybody's doing the best they can at their current level of awareness. So when we give people space to just be themselves, and if we're at a higher level of awareness, then we pause before we respond rather than just react. Because I don't, I don't know how you feel energy, but you know, if, if I'm getting cut off in traffic or, although that's not much of a problem these days, but, (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, it, you, we, we tend to reflect what's thrown at us. If people come at us with aggression or they're defensive or uh, they're unkind, our human response is to throw that back at them. Yeah. And it's really hard work to be able to pause and just respond rather than react. Yeah. So we get to choose. And I think, <clears throat> I think that is a huge, has a huge effect on society. Because like I say, those lines are blurred between workplace, home life, community life, whatever we're doing out and about in the world, we get to choose how we show up. A, uh, a friend of mine uh, from a, a while back had a saying that uh, be kind to those around you because you never know what battles they're fighting. Right. And, and I, think, I think that kind of sums up that, that line of thinking pretty concisely. It, it, it's exactly it. Like we, and I've, that's stuck with me. Like I, I've remembered that because you're right. Like who knows what's going on of that person that cut you off. Maybe their boss was a jerk to them and they're taking it out on the world around it. Like who knows what, what is causing it. Right. But that's, that's not for us to judge. We can reflect peace back. We can reflect calm back. We can reflect kindness back. Then hopefully that can, you know, put, put a little more positivity into the world. Exactly. And one, and, and for our current, <clears throat> for our current disruptions right now with this COVID-19, one of the best analogies I heard was, uh, you know, people say we're in this, we're all in the same boat. You know what? We're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. We're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. Some of us are able to work from home. Some of us still have jobs. Some of us don't have three kids or, you know, one of them with special needs and still trying to work 10 hours a day and then homeschool their kids. We're not all in the same boat. So I think we need to now more than ever, just be gracious and allow people, like I say, the space to be. And even now as we're, we're starting phase one and people are going to approach that from different places. Some are going to be just so anxious to get out there and they can't wait to be socially distanced social. (laughs) And some are going to be almost agoraphobic. They're afraid, right? And there is no right and there is no wrong. But I think as human beings, we, we just need to be aware and maybe be supportive of, you know, that senior that's uh, maybe still afraid or, uh, you know, that single mom who is trying to work from home and raise three, three kids and, and just needs a break, you know? So it's just, I think it's just doing life together and bringing that in and letting people grow where they are, you know, isn't that what the rainforest is all about? Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, so, so what are your thoughts on rainforest then? And what, what would you say would be something that, you know, you could contribute to those around you and, and possibly something that, uh, that if others are listening, maybe would be able to, you know, contribute back to, to your business. Well, it comes back to that innovation piece with the rainforest. That, and, and that's one thing that I really loved about it. It's fertile soil for anybody to grow any idea. You know, it's a safe place to share, which is the absolute definition of psychological safety. So it really resonated with me as a place to be and share and grow with enlightened leaders in that environment. And also, you know, to find supports there for things that I need around tech, around, you know, just building the network, right? And to bring 
to awareness within the rainforest network that there's innovation outside of tech. You know, social innovation is very important and it happens organically to a point. But again, people are all over the board with it. And, you know, people entering the workforce now, I mean, let's talk about generations for a minute. I mean, Gen Zers, they're the, they're the generation that are now graduating from post-secondary and entering the workforce. They know what their worker, what their rights are. They're not going to put up with the old authoritative status quo. They're not, they're not even going to want to work with organizations that don't support them and support their career paths. And they're so savvy. They're so tech savvy. And, you know, they're checking out things like mission, vision, values, and they won't even, they'll self-screen. They won't even apply for jobs that, you know, don't fit those things. So I think the time is now more than ever for employers to get on board. And I think the rainforest, because of their enlightened leadership, I think that network is in a really good position to push that agenda. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm really excited about the future of work. I don't think it'll ever be the same after this pandemic global because it's been a global pandemic. And uh, I don't think the world of work will ever be the same. I don't think the world of school will ever be the same. And I think there's more opportunity right now for innovation than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on that. This is a, I think a fundamental change. It's a, one of those moments where nothing's, nothing's the same again. So let's and that's not a bad thing. No, no, I, I think you're right. Let's, um, let's look backwards for a second. So let's, let's return to that, that cold 2015 winter. I remember it also as being very cold. Uh, that, that <laughs> sticks out in my mind as well. There's stuff that I, I was going on uh, for me in 2015, 2016. So I also remember that. Uh, but let's say you're back there, uh, Ruthann, and you can now tell yourself, you know, give yourself advice on how you would start up differently. What would you say to yourself? You know, from four years ago, five years ago, how would that advice be able to translate to those who are thinking of starting something up today? Believe in yourself. I didn't have a lot of self-belief at that time, so much so that <clears throat> when I first started my business and I, when I set up my website, because my target was corporate, I used a lot of we language. I wanted my business to appear much larger than just me. There was nothing on my website about me. It was all a lot of really corporate, impersonal, almost cold looking back. My messaging was there. My passion was there about changing workplace culture and, and helping those that are suffering with um, violence and harassment in the workplace. It's so prevalent. And my passion was there, but I was lacking confidence. And if you look at my website now, uh, harmonyintheworkplace.com, it's all about me. I realized that I am what sets myself apart from my competitors and that, you know, business is relational. So don't be afraid to step out in a personal way. Don't be afraid to dream big. Dreams are cheap. You know what? They don't, it doesn't cost anything to dream. So don't be afraid to dream big. And I was told by some very wise men, I did a study, Think and Grow Rich. And the, the men that were teaching that, you know, they, they, they said that you would not be given a vision if you were not also fully resourced and equipped to see that vision to fruition. And that really resonated with me because I was like, wow, because I have, I have big dreams. I have big ambitions. And, you know, it's, it's a journey. It's not going to uh, happen overnight. 
You're not going to absolutely know the how. As a matter of fact, the how is none of your business. You just want to hold your vision. You can actually create future memories. Feel yourself in that vision. Feel what it what it feels like to to step into that business and to be that person that you want to be. And then just start start behaving as that person. And it is a process. It takes a long time. You know, here we are. I found it in 2016. Here we are in 2020. Had someone told me in 2016 that, you know, it would be 2020 before I really started seeing the success and feeling like the successful entrepreneur, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. But stick with it and be patient with yourself and just be open to the experience. It's there's no life like it really. I, I love that. That's great. Um, I actually just read, uh, think and grow rich, uh, a few months ago. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, something that stuck out for me in what you just said in, in relation to that book, all of the examples that Napoleon, uh, Hill had, had used in that book, not a single one of them accomplished the massive success that they got in their life by working entirely by themselves. No, all of them had people around them that they shared that vision with, and they were able to get them to be just as excited as they were about changing the world in whatever way that looked like. Right. And that's, that's building your tribe, right? That's creating your structure of support. And that was another thing that I really struggled with because, you know, because I'd lost my job and, and, you know, we ended up kind of decimating our emergency fund and, and, you know, I, it costs money to start a business. So, you know, investing in that, and I was feeling a little bit of guilt around that. And I was trying to just, I was trying to not spend money. And I realized, actually, I read Debbie Allen's book, The Highly Paid Expert, I think it's called. And she said, you must invest in yourself. You have to. And it's made such a big difference. So, you know, rather than a scarcity mindset, you got to really focus on an abundance mindset. And it is, yeah. you know, we have these paradigms that hold us back. So it's a, it's a fantastic book. I just, you know what, it changed my life, quite frankly, because it was the first time I really got exposed to the whole concept of manifestation and that energy work. And, you know, it, it was life changing for me. Yeah. That idea of moving from, you know, why to why not, or I can't to why can't I? And I, I, it's, it's subtle shifts in, in language that we tell ourselves, but it can, it can make the difference. Um, any, any final kind of words of advice that you would share for listeners today, advice or inspiration? (laughs) Well, one thing, there is one thing I wanted to share. I uh, am a co-author in a book It's called from shadows to light, a whole human approach to mental health. And all of the initial proceeds of that book are going to CMHA, the Canadian mental health association. And I just wanted to invite listeners to uh, sign up for that book, go to my website. There's an option there to get on the list to, to get that book. Like I said, all proceeds are going to Canadian Mental Health Association. And it's 10 co-authors that uh, write about their own mental health struggles and journeys and uh, they're overcoming. And, you know, I think mental health is something that we've been working for many years to break down the stigmas and talk about it. Everybody has it. You know, it's not like nobody has mental health. Everybody does. 
And right now it's top of mind for many, many people. And so I would invite people to go to my website, harmonyintheworkplace.com. And at the bottom of the homepage, there's a place to sign up for that if they're interested. And um, other than that, you know what, just be well, be gracious, be kind to yourself. You know, in these times right now, like I said, there is no right, there is no wrong. There's no right or wrong to how we feel about things. All feelings are valid. And I think it's just holding space for others to have those feelings, but also for ourselves and be kind to ourselves because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we can beat ourselves up. I know that's been my experience. And I just think that sometimes, you know, we might forget that we need to speak to ourselves as we would a dearly loved friend as well. Right on. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you for that. And on that note, I think we'll call it to a close. I really appreciate you being on the show today and uh, for sharing your experience and, and, you know, your nuggets of wisdom with, uh, with our audience. So thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity. It was fun and uh, enjoy the rest of your, your day and have a great weekend. You bet. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners as well. If you haven't already visit rainforestab.ca and sign the rainforest social contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. The audio for this episode was professionally edited by Kate Day with KD Sound Design. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.